everyone, and welcome to Six Pack of Facts, a weekly way of expanding your brain six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex, and this episode we have a pair of unlikely pals. One is a tiny ocean dweller, and the other is, well, the most massive thing in our solar system. But the two actually have a little more in common than you'd think. Take aim and put on your shades. It's time for the pistol shrimp and the sun. Level 1 The totally rad pistol shrimp, which is actually an entire family of creatures, doesn't look like it can do much damage at first glance. They only measure about 4 centimeters in length and weigh around 25 grams. Not too threatening. But a closer look reveals the showstopper, the pistol shrimp's relatively massive claw. Only one of a pistol shrimp's claws grows to the gigantic size, usually more than half of the shrimp's entire body. Imposing for sure, but the creatures don't use the weapon to snap. Instead, a joint in the claw lets the top section cock upward, allowing water to fill a small space that's usually covered. Once the shrimp takes aim, the top joint snaps back into place, forcing the gathered water to shoot out in a jet from the claw like a, you know, pistol. Now this is not a dollar store squirt gun we're talking about here. When the pistol shrimp fires its snapper, it unleashes a water jet that travels 105 feet per second. This water bullet stuns or straight up kills the shrimp's prey, making for a tasty dinner or lunch or breakfast. These things are shooting their pistols all the time. Level two. When the pistol shrimp shoots its water jet, the process creates a few side effects that are pretty amazing. And it starts with cavitation. The velocity of the water jet is so great, it actually drops the jet below the vapor point of water. This forces tiny bubbles to rapidly expand. These are the cavitation bubbles, and then violently contract. So the snap heard during the shot isn't the shrimp's claw clicking shut. It's actually the cavitation bubbles collapsing. This all happens extremely fast. The cavitation bubbles are formed and collapse in less than a millisecond. But even in that amount of time, the pistol shrimp generates a lot of noise. The cavitation shockwave clocks in at about 200 decibels. That's about 70 decibels louder than an airplane taking off. That little thing is noisy. Now, there is a caveat here. Sound travels differently through air than it does water. So 200 decibels in water isn't equivalent to 200 decibels in air. But chop off around 60 decibels from the water level and you've got a fairly decent conversion. So, in the air, a pistol shrimp snap would register at about 140 decibels. Loud. Very, very loud. Level 3. So we've established that the pistol shrimp is very strong and very, very loud. But the cavitation bubble gun has another absolutely incredible trick up its crustaceous sleeve. As the cavitation bubble in the shrimp's snapper collapses, the pressure makes things a little hot. And when I say a little hot, I actually mean very hot. Extremely hot. Collapsing cavitation bubble reaches temperatures of more than 7,700 degrees Celsius nearly 2,000 degrees hotter than the surface of the sun. Once again, a tiny shrimp can create temperatures that are hotter than the surface of the sun. 
Now, the extreme temperature isn't around for very long, short enough to make it functionally non-existent to the surrounding environment, actually. But still, how amazing is it that a little creature is the source of that? As you can clearly see, the pistol shrimp is a pretty incredible little sea creature. And while it would be cool if they could harness the extreme sun-like temperatures for more than a fraction of a fraction of a second, we should all be thankful that they can't. Because the sun? Not such a friendly environment for life. Level 1 For the sake of brevity, let's focus on one area of the sun for the first two levels, its atmosphere. The photosphere is the lowest layer of the sun's atmosphere, and it's probably the one you think of when you picture the sun in space. You do picture the sun in space all the time, right? The photosphere is a swirling sea of plasma and darker, cooler sunspots. Sunspots actually help scientists realize that the sun rotates on its axis. What's really interesting, though, is that different regions of the sun's surface rotate at different speeds thanks to its non-solid form. Its equatorial regions rotate in around 24 days, and the polar regions take more than 30 days to make a full rotation. In the lower atmosphere comes the chromosphere. This reddish, irregular layer extends around 1,200 miles above the sun's surface and burns at about 4,000 to 8,000 Kelvin. That's about 6,700 to 14,000 degrees Celsius, which sounds hot, but just wait. Finally, we have the outermost layer of the sun's atmosphere, the corona. This wispy layer can't be seen by the naked eye, except during a solar eclipse, but what it lacks in visual impact, it more than makes up for in heat. Unlike the inner layers of the sun, where the temperature rises as you go deeper, the outer layers operate in the opposite way. The farther up you go, the hotter it gets. And we are talking hot. Remember how the temperature of the chromosphere is between 4,000 to 8,000 degrees Kelvin? The temperature of the corona ranges from around 500,000 Kelvin up to a few million Kelvin. Now, the gases do cool off and become a much more benign solar wind, but what exactly pushes the temperature up that much? Well, we're not actually sure, but recent research suggests it has something to do with... Level 2. Nanoflares. You've probably heard of solar flares, the huge ribbons of plasma that eject from the sun and release the energy of millions of 100 megaton bombs at once. But nanoflares are much less showy and much weaker. However, there are a lot more of them occurring every single second. In recent solar data, a research team observed more than 81,000 nanoflare events over a 70-minute period. And each one is roughly the equivalent of a 50 megaton bomb. Even though it seems likely that these nanoflares are the forces behind the corona's incredible temperatures, scientists still aren't entirely sure how they do it. Level 3 Even though scientists aren't totally sure how nanoflares heat the corona, they are definitely sure how the entire sun will die out. Which is a bit of a dourly abrupt change of topic, but the good news is we don't have to worry about it for a long time. The sun runs on hydrogen. A huge supply of hydrogen, but not an infinite supply of hydrogen. In about 5 billion years, I told you we don't have to worry about it, that supply in the core will run out, and the sun will enter its next phase of life. Gravity will compress its core while the outer layers balloon into the solar system, devouring the inner planets, including Earth. 
This is a red giant. For around a billion years, everything will be fine. Minus the whole Earth not being here thing. The sun will burn and burn and burn as a red giant until the hydrogen left in the outer layers is used up. Then, the helium that's left will fuse into heavier and heavier elements, like carbon and oxygen, until that supply is also depleted. Without the helium maintaining outward energy, gravity will once again take the reins and shrink the entire star into a white dwarf. There are several different fates for white dwarfs, but our sun will most likely spend tens or maybe even hundreds of billions of years cooling before becoming a black dwarf. To give an idea of just how long that actually is, the oldest stars in the universe are about 10 to 20 billion years old, so there are no known black dwarves in existence. And there you have it. The lowly pistol shrimp and our massive sun have a bit more in common than you'd think, minus the whole living for billions and billions of years. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. A new one drops every single Wednesday, and if you liked what you heard, leave a review. Until we crack open the next six-pack of facts, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.